Well, yeah, but I've never had a friend get pneumonia when it was 70 degrees out. What the hell happened? That's a good It point. hasn't been 70 degrees around here. It was We had mornings in the 40s and afternoons in the 70s. That I always get sick, not when it gets cold, but when it gets cold and then like bounces back to hot. So hey, I'm don't good ex- now. Well, don't expect, uh, don't you, expect Adam to, uh, to know that. The guy lives in New York. He's not even from here. Stop. Russ, when we got done the episode and Kyle like came in, like you left and Kyle came in and I was like, oh shit, Kyle, like, yes, let's do this episode. And he goes, I can't do anything. I need to log off. And I was like, holy (laughs) shit, I've never heard your voice sound like that. He's like Emperor Palpatine. Yes. And he was just, he was just like, he's like, thanks, man. And I was like, oh, God, we might lose Kyle this weekend. But it's so good to hear your voice, Kyle. Yeah, I'm back. It's, oh, uh, my mo- God, fresh. Mostly gone. The co- a little bit of a lingering cough, but I've read that could be the case. I am hoping, though, that the this media game today does not play, take place outside because I'm going to revert back to whatever stupor I was in, if that's the case. Oh, what kind of an athletic event are you partaking in? It's the Eagles uh, media game, Eagles flag football media game. Uh, how have you done in the past? What's the scouting report? Uh, I or played the scotting, last year. The scotting report. Ooh, nice. nice. I played last year. Uh, it was at the link last year. It was outside, obviously. Really nice day, early October. I played okay. I didn't play great. Uh, there's a whole recap on the website of that one. Who was uh, the MVP of the game? Uh, I want to say it was Dan Wing from KYW. Uh, okay. There's another guy. or It was Zach from Technically Philly. One of those two. They, in my mind, were two of the best players last year. And for some reason, they're on the same team this year. So I'm already making excuses and calling bullshit. Their team is stacked. It's unfair. Uh, so that the dark gray team has already got a leg Who's up. Who's someone that we think would be good in the media but is actually not good? Mm. Oh, this is a loaded question. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, there wasn't I, – I, everyone who played in the game was uh, – was actually pretty good. I mean, it's like guys and girls. Um, Who was the most surprising positively? The most surprising positively. Well, he's going to be on my team today. So uh, Brandon Lee Gowton, um, that was my first time seeing him in person. Yeah. He's like seven foot nine. Um, That's tall. So if I get the chance to throw the rock today. Um, You're going I'm, up the ladder. He, he's going, yeah, I'm going up the ladder to Brandon because he's huge. He's not only tall, he's like, he's... Uh, not wide, but like he's he's not like a a stick at seven foot tall. He's not really, really seven feet, but he's tall. He's very tall. Yeah. Yeah. Let him outshine somebody. That's yep. That's my target. He's he's like a a Megatron, if you will. Ooh. 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 He's back from the sickness, and he's and he's uh. He's his transition. I don't remember game is the strong. word transition. Thank you. There you go. It's all right. Oh. It ta- you know it takes a little bit to rebound. Yeah. I don't know if so. Megatron was a thing, and then like people saw him on a flight, and then I saw Brandon Lee got and came out and said it shouldn't be a thing. Where is the last thing that happened with Megatron? The last news update. Well, so yesterday there was this this report from some guy, I guess in Detroit, some local reporter. The Eagles are he aggressively pursuing. He did work for NFL Network. Sorry. Oh, the- okay. The Eagles are aggressively pursuing uh, Calvin Johnson. The lines are apparently. Apparently still have his rights. John, uh, Megatron has said he's not interested in returning to football, but the Lions are for some reason fielding offers or at least telling people they're fielding offers yeah. just to see what's out there. The Eagles were reportedly rumored to be one of two teams. ESPN said there doesn't really – it's an article by Adam Schefter. Doesn't really seem to be a lot to that. Megatron has said multiple times he's not coming back and he has no intention of doing so. Right now the Lions are maybe just trying to – pull out an incredible offer, I guess, to try and convince him. It's a weird story. Um, it doesn't look like there's really – there's nothing imminent about it the way it came across, and it certainly doesn't look like it's even got the potential of happening because yeah. the guy in question doesn't want to play football. And, by the way, if I'm the Eagles, we could discuss this just as a hypothetical. I don't – like, he's like – I don't want him. What? <laughs> What? So let me give the background and then yeah. ex- and explain. So uh, Calvin Johnson, when he retired, uh, there was a lot of rumors that he just didn't want to be in Detroit anymore because he was tired of losing. And he did have comments this summer that somewhat reflected that. 
The second part of that is is that when he did retire, the Detroit Lions tried to recoup $1 million uh, from him to pay back, to which he got really freaking pissed, as I would as well if you were a star for a franchise that didn't even go to the playoffs really in your tenure and then asked for $1 million back after your career uh, with the amount of money you made that team. Uh, so it's very contentious, the relationship between the two. Detroit earlier this offseason tried to like win him over by inviting him to training camp because, you know, as soon as you get to go to training camp, everything feels better. Uh, so it's more, I don't, a lot of people have thought that Calvin wanted to still play, just not for them anymore. But to Kyle's point, he really wasn't that effective in his last year. And I wonder though, Kyle, if you can get kind of the early Marshawn returns where Marshawn Lynch had the the game or two that was good and then, like, reality crept back in. My only thing for Megatron would be... you're fighting teammates and riding on the subway? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know where I started going with that. The only question would be for Calvin would be his responsibility would be so much less with the Eagles that you'd really only use him for certain situations, whether that's red zone or, you know, deep balls down the field. But um, I don't see this as a huge impact. He just has a big nickname that I think brings a lot of attention. I'm yeah. I'm all in on, on adding weapons. It just depends what the price is. But, like, I, I think this narrative that he doesn't want to play at all yeah, I, I would say the same thing until my rights are traded, and then, like, I'm hopping on the next plane out. Like, I, I never want Detroit to actually think that I want to come back and play for them. And it doesn't it doesn't hurt to add a guy with size. Like, if on the off chance he ends up coming in and it takes him five weeks to get into shape or something like that, well, then who cares? Like, you're looking at trying to make a, a playoff run, a, hopefully a deep playoff run. Certainly doesn't hurt to have a big body for the red zone. Like, there, there's literally no downside to it unless... The only way you can get him is by, you know, trading away a a high draft pick. So I I feel like this topic brings out our three roles in the pod better than any. Because you have me being you have me being the cynic. You have Adam being the national guy with a little more, um, you know, a little bit more better take on the situation with the Lions. And you have Russ the fanboys like Megatron, Megatron, Megatron. It's true. Yeah, I don't know. But I, here's the th- here's the thing. Like, no, uh, I don't want you. No, I'm, no, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm going, going Chihuahua, full Chihuahua mode now. How could you not want to have this? How could you not want to have this guy on the team? Like, if it's gonna cost you a sixth round pick to acquire Megatron, on the off chance that like he can come in and like, dude, if he's like a fourth receiver for a while, and then it turns out that like, what happens if you have an injury? Like, what happens if Alshon goes down for a little bit? Or you have an issue with Ertz, like Ertz starts carrying a nagging injury, or then they're, then like, they're fucked. Then, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like it doesn't hurt the concept well, no, of adding you have, of adding depth here. You have Ertz isn't bad. And, Zach, and you have Burton, and I mean that's why you have all. That would be love Burton. Question. Burton's a great guy. Which wide receiver are you not keeping if you're bringing Johnson on? I mean, I'm guess he's ta- is he taking Tory Smith's spot right, on the roster yep. or Matt Collins? Probably not Matt Collins. They Neither really of them like in him. my book. Look, well, I, I agree. I just, yeah, I know last year <laughs> that I, we, me and Sims were doing a ton of videos where Sims was going, Calvin Johnson is Shrek. Like, y'all think he's still big, but he's not anymore, and teams aren't even game planning for him anymore. So I do know that he's he doesn't have as much life left as people think. Um, also, this is hypothetical, and the Eagles are seven and one, and we should probably move to something more. Realistic. He takes Brent Selleck's spot. He comes in and plays tight end. No, he doesn't. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. God, Tommy Selleck, Joseph plays way, third base. Selleck, by the way, tends to catch my catch my eye. I'm missing uh, blocks lately, uh, uh, twice over the last two weeks. Anyway. Um, I, so yeah, here's the thing. It's the question is whose spots he's taking. I'm sure you could find, find a way to get him on the roster. I'm only mildly concerned about that. I agree with Adam. I think Matt Collins has proven to be a weapon who's who's coming along quite well. He's caught what all eight of its targets. Um, and I'd love to say trade Howie's picks, but like with Rasul Douglas and, and, um, you're, you're going back Hollins. I mean, shit. And then you got like Jalen Mills in the seventh round. 
Um, how but, he's making it hard for me to shit on his later picks. But well, look, and, it also comes yeah. down to the fact that, like, between Howie and Doug, they have to be good managers of talent. Speaking of managers. Yeah. Oh, hold on, hold on, Russ. Hold on. No! Please. Use the transition! I'm not done! I wasn't done making my point. Uh, you worldwide genocided me. Russ, that was my fault. I interrupted. I usually do. I'm sorry. No, so uh, Tory Smith, uh, Smith hasn't been great. I do think there's an element of him stretching the field, which probably helps. But, like, the thing with Calvin Johnson is he's – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but he's kind of like an Alshon-like receiver. Like, you got, yeah. you got a big guy who's going to go up and be able to get a ball. You have that guy. You have the better version, the, at least the younger version of that guy. Not better, but – Why would you, you not know, want two? Because you you need different types of receivers. Like he would literally probably only be useful along with Alshon in the red zone. Are you going to have two guys? You're going to throw fades to and like at midfield. All like I would right, why would you not want that? Well, right, no, because here's the thing, Russ. But, but, all of this. Thing. I was going to say the only thing that matters is where is Calvin Johnson physically. Until you see him in a physical, none of this even matters because he might not have been like really pushing it for the last six months. Adam, national, per- worth it. national perspective, do you think they trade his rights by Tuesday? No. Okay. And the other thing, is that, like I've been saying this all along since the beginning of the offseason, the Eagles have a really nice wide receiver pass catching, dis- pass catching distribution. Like you have the guy in Alshon who can go get the 50-50 ball, which he finally did yesterday. You have Nelson Aguilar who's, ter- who's turning into a, a very good athlete, and it turns out once he can catch the ball, he's a very good receiver. Yeah. Torrey Smith can still keep guys honest, and you got Ertz and Ertz and Burton in the middle. Like they have a really good, balanced guys in different roles. Like you get Megatron, it's just going to get weird out there. Like he can't run the same routes Aguilar runs or Torrey Smith runs, so you're going to have him run Alshon's routes. The, like, only thing, the only thing I will say that would be super positive is he is a guy that I've heard from multiple accounts as a really great team and a team leader guy. And I Chris think, Long. Yeah. Oh no, no. I'm not saying that you need more. Not I just think, I think if if he's actually interested, it's another example of a big-name player like the Chris Longs, the LeGarrette Blunts that went, oh, shit, I want to play for that fa- franchise. Um, but I also think having him in a very young wide receiver room is not a bad thing to grow Nelson Aguilar and Mac Hollins for years to come, not just for this year. That would be the only other subversive positive. Speaking of managing young talent. Nice. <laughs> Which way do you want to? Which way do you want to go? Phillies, or do you want to go with Fultz? Because uh, that's Ooh. mismanaging young talent. Yeah, let's go Phillies. Let's go. Let's go the the uh, Lachayim to Gabe Kaplan. Kapler. Kaplan. Cap- then let Kaplan, me. Then, Kaplan was somebody else. I don't. I don't I'm going to take back Gabe Kaplan. I'm going to take back to Lachayim because Gabe Kapler is not Lachayim. Wait, that's right. what I was going to say. Kaplan. Is he a member of the tribe? I don't think so. Okay, he's all, but he is the new Phillies manager. How about According, that? When did that officially happen? I don't think officially yet, but there are multiple reports, 6.30 right now, as of two-plus hours ago from ESPN. According to multiple reports, it looks like he he is the guy. I haven't found those reports, but there's multiple articles, including John Heyman. John Heyman was one of the guys who reported it. Okay. I just want somebody so to— So this guy developed the talent for the Dodgers, was a candidate for the manager position last time, didn't get it. And apparently wowed in his interview. That's the that's the bullet points I know about Cape Cap. Hundred percent took his shirt off if he wowed. One hundred percent. Those guns. Remember those guns? Was this Nobody? guy an analyst? Do you have like Fox body Sports envy? One, Is that what's happening? What's that? Was he uh, an analyst for FS1 when it first started? I honestly have no idea. It I don't, hasn't been that long since he's played. I, I mean, yes, he could have been. Could have been. Let analyst. me hear your breakdown, Kyle. What's that? Let me hear your breakdown of this hire. I mean, I don't have much of one. According to the ESPN article... Yes, he did work. He did work for FS1. Sorry. I I knew it. According to the ESPN article, he is very much, very heavily into analytics and sports science and used this in his time as what player development manager for the Dodgers, who, oh, by the way, are trailing 3-2 after a wild game five, which I physically could not stay awake for. Um but, yeah, oh, apparently cool. he's he's very much into analytics and sports science, which fits right into what the Phillies are trying to do. It's a big shoulder shrug for me because it's like, all right, look, do, we have no idea if this guy's a good manager. But then you look over at the Astros and the team potentially on the verge to win the World Series has A.J. Hinch, which is like, what, the Phillies' former minor league catcher as their manager? So, you know, it. I, I feel like nowadays in baseball – 
you really just if this guy has a good mindset on and the Phillies are in agreement on what they're trying to do and the way they're trying to run a team, then I'm fine with that. If you hit Google Images on Gabe Kapler, holy smokes, he should. They should have a Gabe Kapler manager shirtless night. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. My word. I need you to stop. Um, this is insane. I, did, I don't know why you're I, reacting like that. I think you just need to have an inhaler. I think it's still the hysteria of like the Nyquil. I've never seen other, a professional manager who looks like this. Oh my god. Well, he. You know, all, let, he hey, let's let's not go sick. underrating Charlie Fuqua Manual, okay? Let's you know, let's remember that he was he was a bomber back in his days playing in South Korea. Okay, they called him Big Red if if uh, memory serves me correct. So how dare you, uh, you know, just tr- you know marginalize? Like well, he's forty two. He looks physique. like Tim Ferriss met the P ninety X guy, Tony Horton. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, yay! Phillies finally have a manager. That's great. I really do want to know though this, and I hope Why it comes out Kyle at some point. I, like that? Yeah. Besides that, I want to know. <laughs> I, I you just guys want won't somebody... believe this though. Like, no, no just... I'm looking at it Kyle, right now, and I've ridiculous. seen a person with abs. <sighs> it's ridiculous. No, I just want to know. You're talking like the... he has three oh. arms. Like that's the only thing that I would be excited about. Be like, wait a second, he's got three nipples. Yes, matted shirtless. I just want to know if the Phillies ever reached out to Joe Girardi. I think that's like the the last thing that I want to know before they go and they make the hire. If they've already made it fine, like I just want to know if they ever had a dialogue. All right, I Was Girardi ever interested? Like, I would like to know. Yeah, so I have two little notes here. Number one, uh, Boston Globe columnist Bob Ryan nicknamed Kapler the body. Uh, so there you go. Nice. Uh, there's a little thing for Kyle. And then this one, hey, guys, we have a Gabe Kapler tribe update. Uh, Kapler has 11 tattoos, mostly on his legs, including the Star of David and, quote, never again, 1933 to 1945, referencing well, the, was, uh, the Holocaust. Uh, the Lahaim was definitely fitting really? Yeah. Wow. And that's on his legs? Yeah, it's on his legs. I can't just imagine the, the just imagine the, the tattoo he's going to get on his chest when he finds out about crossing broad loving him so much. And apparently he's divorced. If whoa, this guy is like I can't imagine. Totally, yeah. This guy's totally you know the best parts of all three of us. Well, he looks like he's, he's got a he's got to the, keep him in he a has cage. the Judaism of of uh, Adam. <laughs> he's got the uh, CrossFit desired body that Kyle has, and of course he's got the good looks that uh, I wish I had. Good. All right. Nice. Perfect. We need to get him on. Let's get him on, Kyle. Well, he's going to be unbelievable in press conferences because he literally worked in TV for like a year. And I used to watch him, and I'd be like, oh, this guy's pretty good. Now, did I ever think that that pretty good guy was ever going to be managing the Phillies? No. Uh, he's young. Um, and Man, shit, There's a picture of him here on ESPN.com uh, in the Dodgers clubhouse on an iPad looking at stats wearing – I would I would only assume what is his urban outfitter's best. Like <laughs> he looks like the exact opposite of everything that has ever stepped in the Phillies clubhouse. It's I just uh, want to take a moment to regard. voice the opinion of the people who are listening right now. <clears throat> the Eagles won last night. The the uh, Flyers somehow went on the road to Toronto and won four two. And the nice. Sixers and the Sixers beat the Mavs, uh, where Joel Embiid you know ate Nerlens Noel alive. And here we are talking about the Phillies. Uh, you know, reported new they just got a new manager. Body. Yeah, it's a, yeah, but well, the new it is but the body, the I body matters. Uh, All right, matters. hold on, Kyle. Didn't you say last week? I don't ever think you said it. You had some news about faults. Uh, did I say that last week? Yeah, I don't remember. It was before we recorded. Yeah, you thought you did. That again could have been the Nyquil talking. Yeah, it may those, the, no. So for, no. Well, the news about Fultz today is the Sixers sent out a press release yesterday that he's going to be out indefinitely, which I'm sure everybody has seen by now. Uh, apparently, he has seen uh, multiple doctors. I, I've heard that number is three, including ooh. this guy, Doctor uh, Kibler, I believe. Um, Kimmy Gibbler. Kimmy no, Gibbler's uh, dad. Yeah, Dr. Kibler from Lexington, Kentucky, who specializes in this. He's seen doctors who work with baseball players. I don't know. I, that's all I've heard. I don't know. To me, that always means James Andrews, but I could totally just be guessing there. There could be a guy in the Philly area who does that. Yeah, James uh, Andrews is an ACL guy. But doesn't his group, don't they do shoulders as well? I'm pretty their sure. Group, their group might, but. Yeah. 
Uh, if you look up James Andrews, I'm pretty sure it it, it says shoulder on there. Man, look, there, are so shoulders. Many, there are so many things that are wrong with this story. No, what? It, I don't even care. Like I don't even care what doctor he's gone to at this point. <laughs> it, it's it's concerning because they they continue to say, and here's the one issue I have. So they they have a press release that says that he goes to see this Dr. Gibbler, not to be confused with Kimmy Gibbler. Um, no full house here. Um, we literally they, just made that joke. Chris. I didn't hear it because my two-year-old was having a meltdown. Well, then maybe meltdown. you should my get apologies. it under control. So, yeah, let me. Yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go right now and go wrangle a two-year-old. And Russ, I didn't let you can, know, and he can meet on the podcast. Russ, great. you had your teacher evaluation Friday. It's parent. I didn't. Evalu- it got canceled. It's parent evaluation Monday, and you're real fucking up right now. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so, so anyway, the Fultz like, thing. My my issue with the Fultz thing is. The team comes out and they, they do this press release about the doctor that he went to go see. But then through back channels, like, you start seeing different reporters saying, you know, sources. There's nothing structurally wrong. And, like, they're trying to push this narrative. And I, I, it, it really does have me angry with the organization. It feels like they continue to push this narrative where it's, it's almost as if they are – they're just dismissing that the kid's having pain is kind of how I'm reading it. Like – we're sending them all these doctors. There's no structural damage. And, like, he's actually fine. By the way, he's fine. And I don't know. Like, they, they won't come out and say it, but, Kyle, are you hitting Ray's hand 17 times? Yes. The, okay. Like, it feels like they just keep going back channel and saying that, like, nothing's really wrong. Almost as if it's in his head. Like, this doesn't help the kid's image. And it doesn't help the, the, or the team's image either. So I think first of all I think you wanted to say back channel because you used it twice. That was what did I say? It was a decent use of the word. Um, oh, I didn't. Okay. So you're 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 right. Like the Sixers, <clears throat> the Sixers are definitely trying to con- control uh, the narrative uh, as as you would expect them to do. I would give them credit uh, for putting the press release out at. 410 yesterday immediately following the Eagles game that's uh PR 101 right there I'm I if I were them I would have done it at halftime but um at least they waited until after the game um so the, the release is what it is um this other information out there that he doesn't have that there's no structural damage I don't think that's a narrative I think that's the that's the truth like no I'm saying there's a difference between them saying that there's no structural damage in the the release that they did but it feels like they've been reaching out back channel to every reporter saying that like we don't really know what's wrong with this kid we keep taking him to doctors and they're not finding anything it feels like the the way that they're describing it to the reporters is not nearly as you know team is as player friendly as the press release might you know lead you to believe well no i see i i don't think that's the case um if you read the press release it does say there's soreness it does say a muscular imbalance which quite honestly i'm not exact i'm sure that's clever wording for something that's that's not that serious structural damage means there's no there's no joint issue ten, i don't know what's in the shoulder but joint tendon like none of that stuff stuff that you have to operate on to fix there's some sort of inflammation i don't know if that is like the equivalent of a shoulder tendonitis no one knows but the difference you know there's a difference between structural damage and inflammation and pain which is what he has my read on this is the doctors have found that okay he has inflammation and pain he can't do this they've looked at it to determine if anything serious that could seriously impact his career or be worsened by doing it more i.e structural there's not i think what they're trying i think what the press release is trying to do and the reports that you're seeing are trying to put out there is that you know his his shoulder is fine. This isn't Joel Embiid's knee. This isn't Joel Embiid's foot. It's Ben Simmons' foot. Like he he's he's okay in that regard. But there is pain, and the problem is, it's one thing if you're a veteran and you have limiting pain that is preventing you from doing a core part of your game. You know, if you're James Harden, you have shoulder pain and can't shoot. He could still mask that long enough to be effective in other regards. Fultz is a rookie whose you know, game is going to be largely predicated on his ability to shoot from day one because that's one thing that you know, it, 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 it's, you're not as efficient in the NBA, but you shoot on the same basket in the NBA as you do in college. It, he, doesn't, he doesn't have that ability partly because he changed his shot or partly because of the pain or some combination thereof. Whatever it is, whatever pain he has is affecting his shot. So it's making him a significantly less effective player. That's on the surface. And he's, you know, you could argue that at times he's hurting the team out there. But step two of that is he's a rookie who's, who's tweaking his shot and now he can't even shoot it. 
you're you're killing his con like it's obvious that his confidence has already been eroded in just a handful of preseason and regular season games if for a 19 year old kid to come into a tough spot and i'm not making excuses you're the number one pick in the draft this is what you're getting paid money for this is why guys interview with teams okay this is you know this isn't steve nebraska from the scout which is one of the all-time greatest movies don't fight me on that but yeah, there's a reason why you, you talk to teams. Like, you, you need to be able to put up with the pressure and the scrutiny of stuff like this. And it definitely feels like Fultz is having a little, struggling with that a little bit now. But the point is, like, he's hurt. He's in some pain. Do we want him to try and play through the pain, further screw up his shot, and further erode his confidence? Like, is that really doing that much good to maybe eke out a couple of early season wins? It's certainly not helping his development. So well, I think they're thinking is— that's what you advocated is, for last Monday or last Wednesday when we talked about it. Well, sure, and they could have done this earlier, and you could definitely say, hey, why did it take three specialists for them finally to conclude that, hey, maybe it's just best to not play the guy who has a sure shoulder and it's impacting his game? Like, that seems like a relatively obvious decision. If you want, you know, if you want to take aim at the Sixers medical staff for that, I don't necessarily blame you. Um, I guess their thinking early on was, okay, well, it's not structural. He can play. Guys play through injuries all the time. This isn't a major one, so let's let him go out there. But they kind of discounted the fact that, yeah, it's impacting his shot. I think that's what's going to happen. So my guess is he goes back to the doctor in three weeks. They see that there's nothing wrong. His pain has significantly lessened. And then they start bringing him back to practice and bring him along. And a few weeks later, he gets back in a game, and it's somewhere from three to six weeks. As long as he's in the flow by December, I think we're okay. Yeah, and I look, I don't think there anyone is beyond criticism here. The Sixers medical staff, again, you could probably identify this earlier and have nipped this in the bud earlier. The coaching staff, the front office, whosoever decision it was to just kind of keep playing him and be vague about this, not mention the cortisone shot until you absolutely had to. Like, And then using the fact, like, Brian Colangelo blew that and also blew it when he you know, then went and mentioned that he himself had had a cortisone shot in his own knee. Stupid as if comment. That was supposed, 100% as if that stupid. Was, you know, supposed to, like, make everybody chuckle and, like, let him off the hook. Yeah, and the good and the follow-up from, I think it was Marcus Hayes, said, well, you're not playing, which uh, is maybe the best thing Marcus Hayes has ever done. I think Kevin put it really well in his piece last week. He said, um, on a macro level, everything is probably going to be just fine. You know, two months from now, this might be a blip on the radar. Two years from now, we might not even remember it. On a micro level, it definitely could have been handled a little bit better. It could have been communicated with everybody a little bit better, including from Fultz's trainer, personal trainer to the team and Fultz to, to the team. To his agent. What's that? his agent. Yeah. Agent blew it. Yeah, his agent, his trainer. I mean, his, his agent lies to the media, which makes everybody, everybody in that situation look bad. His trainer goes on the radio and says something completely counter to what the Sixers have been saying. Um, but he has a little bit of a stake too to kind of protect his own brand. He works with other NBA players, so it's just a, it's a whole. You know, when, when Fultz showed up at, at training camp, the Sixers they didn't mention this. They might not have known. Uh, you know, they might have thought, "Hey, Fultz has been tweaking his shot," which is what Brett Brown told reporters on September 28th. He came in here, he worked on a shot over August. Then a week later, he gets the cortisone shot. Is it possible Fultz showed up, didn't mention the pain, and they just thought he changed his shot? And the Sixers are showing restraint now to not pile on and be like, yeah, this guy showed up and didn't tell us for a week. I don't know if that's the case. I'm just speculating, but there's a possibility too here. There's just a lot of, there's a lot of drop, like little mistakes along the way that have turned this into a, a, a big story. And understandably so this is the, one of the worst possible ways for him to start his career short of having like a genuine season ending in- injury, which but no again, one they- would be shocked if this turned into, even though there's no structural damage. But again, they messed this up because in the beginning, as we said at the time, as, I, as I've been like preaching for over a month now, they blew this. They were so concerned with the narrative of having another injured first-round pick that they probably didn't do it was in the best interest of the player or the team. On a positive note, you've got Joel right now averaging 20 and 10 to start the year. You've got Ben Simmons now taking jump shots, as I've been hoping he would in games. Oh, my. Russ, a, he, by the way, I, I don't know if you've seen the feedback. that A lot of people are in agreement that was one of your worst takes of all time and remains your worst take it? that you're still harping on it. What, the well, jump shot? That Oh, I'm upset because I wish you'd be, t- after game three, criticizing him for not taking jump shots. Well, guess what, Kyle? He started taking jump shots, and he's been shooting much more efficiently, and they've now been having to you know honor him actually, you know, pulling up from farther than two feet away from the hoop so i don't care if people thought it was a bad take he's obviously 
you know, changed up what he's doing. He's been shooting more since game three, you know, so like, I, I don't really care. It wasn't bad analysis. It was the truth. And now he's actually, you know, executing on it. But you were criticizing him for not having a jump shot when everyone all along knew that not, he did not have a no, jump shot. No, I was shot. criticizing him because he wouldn't take any shots. That was a fair criticism to have. I, I'm honestly not so sure it was because, one, people knew he didn't have a jump shot. Two, he was probably told not to take them because he doesn't hit them a lot and he's effective well, he's without doing them. it. And he, could, he doesn't he's need the jump them. shot this year. You know who is effective? The Eagles. You've been hoping. You've been waiting. Go ahead. Hoping, waiting, wish. You're going what? I have to get going. I've got like maybe two more minutes. Sorry. All right. Let's I'm hear your. E- let's hear what you have no, to say. No, 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 no. Go ahead. You. No, I want, dude. I want you to be you're leaving. You be excited. I don't have Go. anything. Be excited. I'm gonna mute myself. Um. Uh. I was looking up Ben Simmons shot chart, and you guys were going in and out. What happened? <laughs> I told Russ to talk about the Eagles, uh, and now he's like holding his breath in the corner and stomping his feet and he won't talk about them next question no i'm just kidding it was that was you know what yesterday was fun sort of not really um you beat an 0-17 that you were expected to win and you were expected to beat carson looked good the team looked good i think the the best part of it honestly is the offense looked like it consistently was stalling and you expected and needed the defense to step up with a big play. And once again, you're getting big plays from guys that you didn't necessarily expect big plays from. And it's, it is the hallmark of a, I, I think I'm, I've moved myself cautiously from them being a good team to a great team. Uh, they're, they're doing exactly what you want to see a contending team do. One side of the ball doesn't, doesn't pick, hold up their end of the bargain for a while. The other side picks up the slack. And the, the fact that the defense, came up with turnovers, you know, took down a, a truly decimated offensive line by the end of that game. Like, they did exactly what they were supposed to do. And, like, the thing that I think separates this, this Eagles team uh, and and versions in years past that got off to good starts is the fact that, you know, they, they're beating the teams they're supposed to beat. And I don't really think they left it up to question for much of the game yesterday. Like, it, it didn't feel, to me at least... That at halftime, I was thinking, man, these Niners are really gonna, they're gonna stick it to them, you know. So like, I, yeah. I was, I was really happy with that. I don't, I don't know if they got blunt the ball enough, uh, to be honest. He did get 16 carries by the end of the game, but a lot of that I think was picked up on those like last two drives. But you know, it, it was a, a messy day, wet ball. Carson, you know, still did a good job. Russ, I'm surprised you didn't mention uh, when you talked about the Eagles' defense scoring. I'm surprised you didn't mention the Slack general room uh, comment from yours truly. I thought that surely would have been mentioned by you. I really wasn't keeping up with Slack yesterday all that much. I don't remember what your comment oh, was. Well, it's not Go as ahead. fun. If I, if I say ahead. that at 2.15 I wrote in there, it's only a matter of time before the Eagles' D gets a touchdown here, and then at 2.16 is when the Jalen Mills interception happened. Well, there you go, fella. I'm proud of you. Yeah. I thought I thought you noticed everything in there and you didn't notice that. I do. I'm it's just, very I, angry I was about that. I was so I know I was out of it yesterday. I was recovering from you know a fantastic homecoming weekend. Uh, and oh, did we you start? Up... Did you start on those hoes? No. Do you know what that I, means? Nope. I have, I have no that, idea. Who did, did you, take you go? The big did ball? you go back and make them really jealous by how successful and attractive you now are? Sure. I don't know. Ooh. I think when Russ, Russ says homecoming, I think he means the school he teaches at. No, I no. Meant, Russ I was meant, playing no, the Westchester jazz flute you, in the in the Westchester band. All right, yeah, we're close. We're wait, close. what? Wait, what? No, wait, like you was... were playing. Wait, what? You have a you musical ability. You didn't listen to the podcast on Friday. That you edited. <laughs> I listened See, to the beginning could've... and end. It had Adam, to be edited. We and then I... Adam, we could have gotten away with so much in the middle of that show. Well, we, we did. We gave out a social security number. That's right. We gave out his address. We talked about the make and model of his car. That's all right. So did Equifax. I spit in his trunk. Bang. That was a. That was a burn, um, but no, like I, I didn't Russell's keep up with yesterday. But tenor saxophone in the jazz band. See, there you go, in the marching band. So you're marching. You're close. So yeah, wait, did know. you stunt on those hoses? Adam said. I don't know what that means. I really don't. Dude, did you, you, have, you go back. You, you you're play the you're bigger, better, more successful than everybody. No, I didn't do. You're that. on a podcast. You have children, which proves that you can. I was with, I was with, I was with my wife and, a, and our group of friends, and we were all in the alumni band together, and it was fine. And then we went out for a nice dinner. It was definitely not as exciting as like how Lefko, I'm sure, would have done it. I bet you ordered chicken parm, didn't you? Did you order chicken parm? No, we went to this place. I'll I'll name drop a restaurant here. We went to Split Rail in Westchester, and they had they had some 
I mean, their their food was a lot better than than I had expected. They did your wife go to Westchester with you? Yeah, that's where we met. Oh, okay, because there's a whole. I think there's a whole different dynamic when you go back to your high school and and this wasn't high school. This was college. College, right? Yeah. <laughs> when, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Then it doesn't make sense. This only yeah. See, I don't do. I, I haven't done the high school homecoming thing in a long time, and and I think that's a that's really where weird you really dynamic. need to stop. Yeah. yeah that see, that's is. that's a weird dynamic though. But like, I don't know. I'm not looking forward to doing that. I, this is 10 years since I think I, yeah. Dude, you got to go my, back to high school and be like, I'm on a podcast now, reunion bitches. This year. They're going to be like, podcast, do you use those to scoop out more coal? Oh, there we go. <laughs> I'm glad it happened. All right, I'm going to leave now. What? You can't I'm, leave now. I'm, I'm not, feel no, guilty. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to fight for the soul of Schuylkill County on that one. I'm just going to let it go. I love yeah. this vision of like everyone in Russ's hometown is like technologically illiterate and just I mines for coal all day. I imagine that well, Russ fairness, is like, like Zoolander, Derek Zoolander going back. Yeah, and they're exactly. like, oh, there's that Russell yep. Joy guy. And he's like, I'm a merman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it looks like you're being a mermaid again. Merman. Water is the essence of beauty. Merman, dad. <laughs> that's seriously, it's, that's going to be, you're, uh, you're back there with your, uh, your storage pod. Russ what, sto- Russ, what story, did, uh, song did you play on your saxophone? We played uh, good old-fashioned La Suerte de los Tontos. We played Malagueña, which a lot of dumb people pronounce as Malagueña. And please tell me Mighty Mighty Boston's. You're not a band unless you played Mighty Mighty Boston's. I still don't know what you're talking about. What? So do you have a Spanish wait, musical director? Wait, wait. No, it was, no. I think that was just Everybody pause. The there was also a Motown. Did you theme. catch that moment, what? Adam? Yeah, I caught it. How? What? What was I, what was I supposed to? I don't understand? know if the Mighty Mighty Boston's has to be played. Wait, the what? Do you not know? Russ doesn't know oh, what you the Mighty know Mighty, Mighty Boston's is. You know who is. they That's are. Period. Level. The Mighty who? Oh my god. The Mighty Ducks. They were ah, part of this Coach whole. Bombay. They Great were part guy. of this whole like generation of like ska music. I love ska. Back when like all of a sudden like these big ba- it was da 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 da. That whole shit. And then, like, it was all the bands that you would hear on the Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack. Pretty much. But every band in existence plays the Mighty Mighty Boston song. It's, like, made for horn bands. Mm, I don't know. I'll have to listen to it. I'll tell you what. Russ is definitely part of a horn band. (laughs) So, uh, this was fun. So, back to the Eagles. (laughs) All right. um, No, hey, before I leave, I just want you guys to talk about... Uh, the Eagles game. Thank you. Take that, so. Kyle. Worldwide genocide. Oh, what? This is the Mighty Mighty Boston's. Every 90s you know band. What? Right, right, hold on. It would be like, imagine you're watching a movie in the late 90s and there's Freddie Prince Jr. and Jennifer Love Hewitt. And they're good, and they're like, she's like, I don't know if I want to go to school tomorrow. Here, I'll hold. Let me do this. So it's like, it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to go to school tomorrow. You know how it's gonna be. And they're like, dude, school's great. And then it's like panning over, and they're showing like montage. Yeah, the montage. montage. And they're showing like a guy at like the lunch table, and it's like, yeah, that's the fucking song. All right, well, I, I would love that to be the uh, the outro music, but let's be honest, Kyle's not going to edit that in. If Adam just no. plays it on his phone, that would save me, yep. like, at least... Uh, yeah, Adam, can you finish the podcast with that up to the mic? That'd be great. All right, that's, that's Crossing Broadcast. <laughs> you talk about a guy who sounds like he's, he's a divorcee. He may be the canonical... That's the impression that I give. Oh, man. Um, that sounds right, better so, than Bruce Springsteen, in fairness. So, Eagles. All right, Russ, have a great day. Um, I had to watch seven. I'm, I was watching seven games at one o'clock. So, candidly, I wasn't. I didn't get to pay as much attention to the Eagles game, but I did go back and watch rewatch the first like half last night. Um, every time I looked up during the game, I was like, "Holy fuck, Carson Wentz is under attack," and it it. He was under a good amount of pressure, but I will say that, like, just through the first quarter and a half that I've been watching, rewatching, Holly Pulley Volley Vitae was playing pretty well, um, and his name is amazing. The thing that did fucking scare me is I really don't like Joe Walker out there. Like, really don't like Joe him. Like Walker. He, looks like 
He like he looks like the real world version of the field goal uh, kicking, trash picking, field goal kicking. Philadelphia phenomenon. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like it's like he should have been cast in uh, in Invincible. I don't, like he does not look like an athlete. He looks like he works on a street corner in South Philadelphia. I every time I saw him, before, like prior to him getting the run that he's getting now, I was like, who, who is this guy and why is he on the team? And he's not that good. But and every um, time right before the snap, he does like a foot fire and he's like shuffling his feet. And I'm like, oh, my God, like this guy is not on our team right now. But I did notice to my friend Dan pointed out and then I rewatched it last night. Uh, all the like definite passing situations. I don't even think the Eagles just went a three safety set. I'm almost positive that they had four safeties on the field. And I texted Sims at literally one in the morning to go back and watch to check. So I'll let us, I'll let you guys know. But Malcolm Jenkins was playing middle linebacker and covering Carlos Hyde. And then I would see Corey Graham out there. And then I saw McLeod. And then I saw Jalen Watkins. And I was like, holy shit, they're in a four safety set. So that might be the way to do it. I'm just saying the only thing that scares me if Zeke doesn't get suspended, it's a really bad matchup for us because we're going to have a lot of smaller guys in the field and they're just going to go power sets. But I do love the idea of bringing in multiple safeties for third down. I actually like that a lot. It gets me excited. I agree with you on the Zeke thing. Everyone wants to pencil in the division for the Eagles, and rightfully so. Cowboys have looked pretty damn good in the last couple of weeks. The, if they, it's it's interesting. So are the Giants, the Giants are not going to be easy, not to like the division, but like that's going to be a hard fucking game in New York. Right, but I'm 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 talking now about the division. Like, yes, for sure. The Eagles are there certain games that could be difficult. Yeah, I, I'm not just talking about the two Cowboys games, which will be difficult. I'm talking generally how about when about how about when Von Miller faces Holly Pulley Volley Vitae next week? Yeah, that, well, two weeks, but yeah, that's another. Oh yeah, you win. Their offense is so bad, though, that I I feel I'm feeling better about that game. The Eagles are legit. Like, if anything, the game showed yesterday. This is a team coming off a big Monday night win that has a bye week staring at them, a home rainy home game. Yep. Like that is the yesterday was the definition of a trap game. And you know they didn't play their best game of the year, but I think it's pretty cool that we're at the halfway point of the season and we're just mm. taking for granted NFL wins. I know the 49ers are, are the worst team in the league. I know the Eagles have the best record, and they, they should win. But when you get a 13-point line, that tells you you know something about the respect they're getting nationally, and then they go and take care of business. The offense was in a weird spot because, obviously, I rostered LeGarrette Blunt on DraftKings. Uh, was, of course, wow. call, I know, calling for Week him to get the ball. Eight. But it, was the, it, was going, it should have been a LeGarrette Blunt game. And, you know, to an extent it was. He scored a touchdown. He got the first three touches, moved the ball 11 yards because it's raining. So you don't want to pass a lot. It's a team you should beat, so you want to run the ball a lot. You should be up. The problem is the Eagles probably were expecting to get up early and then pound it to LeGarrette all game and just, you know, grind it out into the bye week. Instead, it was, you know, scoreless for a little while. And the they had to throw more, I think, than they wanted to early, exposing Halapuli Pali Vali Vaitai. How's that? Mm, that was pretty good. Close. Okay, so I, he did a pretty nice job, but there was there was a lot of – I think he was getting some help. There was a lot of pressure on Wentz. I really don't think they wanted to throw as much as they did, and Wentz was getting abused. And, and the 49ers, to their credit, knew that the Eagles were going to try and pound this out in the rain as a heavy favorite, and they keyed on the run and forced them to throw the ball. And it took a little while for the Eagles to kind of find their footing and put up the lead. And to Russ's point – I agree with him. The defense coming up, scoring a touchdown, making some big plays. You know, that's what good teams do. They didn't have the best version of their offense yesterday. I don't think they wanted to have the best version of their offense. I think they wanted to get Nick Foles in probably even earlier than they did. And they were, they couldn't. And that's fine. Like, everything was fine. It just, credit to the 49ers, they, they actually hung tough because I think they knew exactly what the Eagles had planned on doing yesterday. And yet they still crushed them. So that's the mark of a good team. I agree with you, though, about the Cowboys. I think it's, it's funny to me how this season's going to come down to that Zeke suspension. Of course. Because he is such, for my money right now, without David Johnson in the league, I think Zeke is better than Le'Veon Bell at the moment, at least over the last four weeks. He can't, 
he can't be stopped. Now, granted, he played the 49ers last week and the Redskins, who the Redskins were okay against the run statistically, but they've gotten gashed pretty good by Melvin Gordon, Kareem Hunt, and now Ezekiel Elliott. They've, and they're so fucking banged up. Right. So, like, a lot of mitigating things here, but Zeke is such a monster, and the Cowboys without him are not going to be even close to the same team. But with him, they're beginning to look a lot like the team they were last year. And you have Dak, who's a year older. I think those I and told the Eagles don't match up well with them. I am not feeling good. Not no. that they can't compete, but I, I'm I'm nervous about the Cowboys. Cowboys beat the Eagles both times. We have a we have a coin flip now. I think the thing truly with the Cowboys Eagles matchup is the Eagles have been so good this year at time of possession. I still think they're going to be number one after this uh, week. That the Cowboys could be a team that could flip it on them. Uh, and whoever wins time of possession that game likely wins the game because that's both of their game plans, but it would be intense. I will say this. I fucking hate this bye. Uh, I know that it's going to allow some guys to get healthy, and I know that like maybe Ronald Darby comes back after this, and that's that's super exciting. But I hate going into a bye when you're playing well. I feel like it just disrupts everything, and it ruins the flow um, and I know that the Eagles had a really early bye, and it coincided last year with Lane Johnson being suspended, but they just didn't come out fired up after that. And again, it could also been by Lane, but um, you, I always want the bye after a loss. I always want the bye when you have to sit there and stew, and I don't want them you know, reading their press clippings and, and being super excited. But um, I really, look, if Darby comes back healthy, they could afford to do these creative things on defense, but the Cowboys are going to be tough. The, the teams, again, that I'm afraid of right now, Cowboys, Saints, I'm not afraid of the Rams, and the Seahawks if yes. they get home field advantage. It, like So that's why I need, like, I'm not as afraid of the Cowboys, the Saints, or the Seahawks if it's in Philadelphia in December or January. I'm really not. But... All of those teams would suck to play there. It's just not good matchups for us on the road. Like the Seahawks and the Saints, and damn. But um, the Cowboys are a team that I told my friend Neil, who two weeks ago or a week and a half ago was talking about, oh, the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl, and I could not believe he was saying it. And it's hard for me to watch my Philadelphia friends get this hype. Like I'm really getting nervous. But I told him, I said, if that Zeke suspension happens, then I agree with you that everything has truly fallen the Eagles' way. From Aaron Rodgers to the emergence of the Arizona Cardinals and the de-emergence to the evaporation of the Giants to all of the injuries on the offensive line to Washington, that if that Zeke suspension happens right before the Eagles game and, in effect, probably eliminates the Cowboys from the playoffs then I will admit that the Eagles are truly the team of destiny um, as everything continues to break their way. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't like – I think people are just sort of penciling them. You might be able to pencil them in for a bye or, or you know, one Cowboys victory. It will scares me. Hold Kyle, on. we were 9-3 and three after Thanksgiving that yes. year and didn't get it. Right, and they could they could be better this year. I mean, they could be 10-2 and two at that point. Um, but, like – I. I I agree. Like people, the same thing that happened last year. People were ready to win them the division after three games. And like right now, yes, should they? Would it be disappointing if they didn't come out of this with at least a bye and you know forget about what happens in the playoffs? Absolutely. But to date, their best win is probably the Panthers, who have proven to be a pretty good, not great team. But it's going to come. It's still going to come down to the Seahawks and and Cowboys probably. And to me, like of those three teams you mentioned, the Saints are running the ball a lot more, so they're they're maybe not quite like the home, um, you know, the team that can only win at home that they used to be. They're running like forty eight percent of the time, forty five percent of the time, so they're a little bit better equipped to win on the road. I like their combination of Ingram and Kamara. Yeah. Um, but I'd still and also the Vikings are a little scary too. Yeah, they, they're so horrific offensively. They don't they don't worry me. I know it's yeah, going to famous last words. Scary. They don't worry me. Um. But I agree. Going to New Orleans, tough. Going to Seattle, and we'll talk about this in one second, really tough. To me, the Cowboys, it could be at home or on the road. Like, I don't think that team, that matchup, I think it's like, it's like a site agnostic. 
I've seen the Eagles go and, and break the hearts of the Cowboys enough times in Dallas, right. and I've seen Dallas do it enough times here that I don't think it matters. The Seahawks, that game yesterday, besides being one of the most entertaining games of the season, an absolute shootout uh, against two teams that I think have a defensive perception or that are can are a little more explosive on offense, especially now with Deshaun Watson that everyone wants to give him credit for. That yeah, Seattle's ga- gotten old and Houston's gotten hurt. That game, though, to me, that com- that Seahawks drive three passes to go ahead and take the lead, that could wind up biting the Eagles more than anything else that's happened outside of the Eagles games this season. If they lose that, the Seahawks have, what, three losses, and the Eagles have two full games on them with a head-to-head matchup coming up. The, the Texans had that one and could have done the Eagles a huge favor because I think we're going to this season is going to come down Eagles, Cowboys, Seahawks at the end. Another Seahawks loss would have gone a long way yesterday. That hurt. That stung to me because, one, it showed the Seahawks can be downright scary when they need to be. And, two, it's, you know, it, it gave them a win where, I, you know, they deserve the win, but they probably shouldn't have won. Like, that, that last drive was ridiculous. That- well, we get to see we get to see the Eagles in Seattle Sunday night, December third. That's coming up. I forgot that was a Sunday night game, and I re- I was about to tweet. Well, that game just got flexed, and then I realized the schedule makers up in their tower had already predicted that this would be a huge matchup. That is going that will be a game. That's a tough game. Like I don't think that, that I don't game. think the Eagles can win that. I I'm just being honest. Well, man, that's the thing is I will say that Carson will have success against them. And I'm not as intimidated by their defense anymore. Um, the, the true thing is, is we did not see a team, and I know uh, the, 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 the Niners did get some sacks. I'm really curious with this Eagles team coming after the bye about really how this offensive line is going to protect Carson. Because I thought they did an okay job yesterday, but I don't think the Niners are a team that really has great pass rushers. And when you look at the Eagles' calendar, they're going to play the Broncos after the bye. No, they don't have a bye yet. The bye is after the Broncos game. This this Broncos game is this Sunday. Um, so we're going to see Von Miller and Shaquille Barrett and all the really good pass rushers for Denver this Sunday and at home. And then it's a bye, and then it's the Cowboys on Sunday night. Uh I do not know why I kept thinking next week was the bye week. How many times have I said that this show? (laughs) Yeah, so it's Broncos bye at Cowboys, Bears, and then at Seahawks, at Rams, at Giants. I mean, this schedule is going to end crazy. There's probably people who listen to the first half of this show who, well, they probably think I'm a stone cold idiot anyways. I don't know why. I've been For like three days now, I've been thinking this was the bye week. Wow, that changes everything. <laughs> yeah, I really hope that the yeah because you were saying that like oh, they they had a buy it was a trap game. Um, well, the only thing is, so we get to watch Denver tonight. Denver play Kansas City. I have a feeling their offense is going to get out of the slump tonight, Kyle. I think that Kansas City's defense allows someone like Trevor Simeon to actually have time in the pocket, uh, just because they play so far off everybody, unless they mix it up, but. Uh, so we're going to get Denver on a short week, but that's a huge fucking game. That's a really good defense. But about Seattle, I do think that Carson, like Deshaun Watson, can have success against Seattle's defense, and that's refreshing. And I think he's going to have success against Dallas's defense, and that's good. But the Saints' defense is really interesting right now, and I think that the Vikings' defense is scary. But... Um, no, the Eagles are the favorites right now, and it's fucking scary. It really, I, it, I get uncomfortable. Yeah, I do too. I, 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 I do too, and partly because all along, when you looked at the schedule, after the, the first couple of weeks, we have three or four on the road, and it looks a little scary, and the Eagles came out of that okay. When you look at the schedule, it was always from November on here. Yes. And as, it, as it's going to turn out, other than that Chiefs game, the Eagles are going to have their toughest, by far, their toughest opponents in the second half. Dallas, especially if they have Zeke, is going to be tough. Denver, enough of a talented D that they can beat anybody. At Seattle, at the Rams, who've, who've turned out to be a really good team. The only 
I mean, the only, I want to say break maybe you're getting a little bit is probably the Raiders at home on Christmas. The Raiders aren't what everyone expected them to be, but, you know, let's see how things shake out. They certainly have the offensive talent to be pretty good. Their defense is, is pretty dreadful, and losing in Buffalo doesn't, in, in the rain, doesn't expi- inspire a lot of confidence for their defense. But, yeah, like, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, 8-1, and one, you know, they could, they could head into the bye 8-1, and one, right, if they beat Denver which I can't believe I, I thought next week was a bye week. Anyway, um, it gets tough after that. And that's why, like, I'm, I'm not trying to be negative, And I think the Eagles, they've gotten enough, far enough ahead now where that's why like games like that Seahawks game yesterday, to me, were so impactful. Because when you take those two-game leads into this backstretch, then it gives you some margin of error. Um, I don't. You know, I don't know how much the Eagles really have. They're still really only two games ahead of everybody. Once everyone catches up with them and the Eagles get their Week 10 bye week, um, you know, it's fine. And I like, by the way, I, I like having the bye week before Dallas. I don't care how well the Eagles are playing if they crush Denver next week. You have to be off at some point. Every good team in the league it has a bye week. You know, it happens to everybody. If you're going to be a good team and you're that good, chances are the bye is going to fall after a win. I'm fine with that. I'd rather have the extra week to prepare for at Dallas, especially on a night game before. I don't know what date Thanksgiving is. I believe Thanksgiving will be after that Dallas game. Um, it will be. What's that? It will yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, so for Dallas, you have a little bit of a – no Eagles game is going to be a trap game, but they have a, Thursday, a Sunday night game before a Thursday game. Yikes. Damn, our schedule the rest of the way sucks. I will say that I have a feeling that Carolina Panthers' win is going to be really valuable later in the year. I think they're going to end up making the playoffs. Sorry, I had you muted. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's their best win to date. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, have, I don't have anything else to add there. Damn. All right, I feel good about it. Man, seven and fucking one, Kyle. This is so good. I just... <laughs> I just, I can't, I don't want to, I'm just going to keep doing my part, which is being the mush and betting against them every week, um, because it's working, and I'm just going to keep doing it, even though the Lefko locks went 3-1, and and I was one point away from the Saints making it 4-0, which was fucking great, Um, but damn, man, I just, I get really nervous when the entire city believes something's going to happen. Yeah, it's not... The, the thing is, it's not um, like I don't want to say it this way because like, it's easy to take this out of context. And and I could be, you know, I could be wrong, but like they could wind up being like, one of the I don't want to say the worst seven in one team because that's probably not fair. But and especially according to some of the out, football outsider stuff, I know that's not true. No, I don't but- mean necessarily this year. I just think. It's so unexpected, and we are probably out a little over our skis at this point, and some things have broken in our favor, like the fact that the Redskins really probably aren't going to wind up being that good, like the fact they got the the Chargers and Giants, by the way, in close games when they were at their absolute worst. Um, you know, And now we're waiting to play the Cowboys who are beginning to put it together, the Seahawks who are beginning to put it together, um, you know, we still got the Broncos ahead. We still got the Raiders ahead. Like you know, their talent, the most talented part of their schedule is on the back half, and I just feel like it, it's going to be one of those seasons. Every year in the NFL, there's a team who peaks through the first eight or nine games, and you're like, "Wow, that team's really good." And then reality sets in come Thanksgiving, and they wind up making the playoffs, but they don't head into the playoffs as any sort of a favorite. I feel like the Falcons did this for like seven straight years. Um, that's kind of the vibe I'm getting with the Eagles. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. It's just like I have trouble really getting up about the potential here because things are going to get real in a hurry. And by the way, we didn't. you touched on it a little bit. Jason Peters, we saw even yesterday the impact of losing your best offensive lineman or at least the, arguably the most important guy along with Lane Johnson. That's going to matter. That almost mattered yesterday. You saw the difference in their offense. Now, there could have been many reasons, the rain, the game plan, all that stuff. That's going to matter and in a in a big way in these games. And like if I'm, if I'm Doug Peterson, 
I'm I'm studying, I'm consulting everybody in the industry who I know. What like give me some tactics for coaching around missing a player like that. Give me some offensive line schemes that I can protect that guy without opening up the middle, which is what happened yesterday. Like that it it's a bigger deal than people are letting on because he gets hurt, they have the big win, they have another big win, and I th- I feel like next week reality is going to kind of kick in and be like holy shit they lost one of their three or four most important players on the entire team that's really tough to bounce back from especially at this point in the season when there's really not much you could do to to fill it from the outside it's gonna be interesting it is it really is all right kyle i had fun russell i know you're listening sorry about the cold joke but it had to happen thanks for playing your saxophone and uh, as a final parting, uh, as a moment of zen for everyone that has made it through another incredible episode, I'd like to give you the Mighty Mighty Boston. <laughs>